Welcome to this month's episode of the Cordell and Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast, a combination of views, news, and tips relating to topics and situations relevant to guys going through divorce. According to the most recent census data, women are the breadwinners in 40% of U.S. households. However, women also account for 97% of the 400,000 alimony recipients across the country. For a number of reasons, men are clearly far more likely to be stuck paying alimony than to be on the receiving end after a divorce. In this edition of the Men's Divorce Podcast, we will discuss how alimony works, including a basic overview, the factors courts use to determine alimony, how you can modify or terminate spousal support, the efforts of some states to reform their dated alimony laws, and more. To start us off, Cordell and Cordell divorce attorney Cassandra Pionell gives a brief outline of how alimony typically works. While the laws and even terminology regarding alimony will vary by state, there are many different aspects to take into consideration when determining whether spousal support will be a factor in your case. These include the different types of alimony that your state offers, the factors your state takes into consideration when determining eligibility for an award, how alimony can be terminated, and more. Alimony differs in every state, so it's important to speak to your attorney about the laws in your state affecting alimony. In Texas, there are different types of support. There may be interim support, which is paid while a divorce is pending, or there could be alimony or spousal maintenance, which is paid after the divorce is complete. First, I think that you should talk to your attorney about whether or not you are a candidate for support or whether or not your spouse is a candidate support. Uh, the Texas Family Code speaks to us about the eligibility factors for alimony or interim spousal support. Does a spouse require some assistance in order to support him or herself or to pay debts? Does a spouse require some assistance in order to get back on his or her feet or to enter the workforce again for the first time? These are some factors to consider when determining whether or not spousal support is appropriate. Then the question is, how much should support be and how long should I pay support or how long should I be receiving support? Again, your jurisdiction and your state laws are going to inform you and the court as to what those answers are. But keep in mind the eligibility factors as well. Are you eligible for spousal support? Is your spouse eligible? Should this be paid? Is it appropriate to be paid? There are also terms or agreements that can be made or can be ordered per your state's code to determine an end date of alimony. For instance, in Texas, alimony may end upon an ex-spouse's cohabitation with another or remarriage. Keep that in mind when you're looking over final orders in your case. It may be that you require some end dates to alimony that are not in place right now. Speak to your attorney about eligibility factors for alimony. Speak to your attorney about determining the monthly amount of alimony, when it's appropriate, and when alimony should end. Again, a good understanding of your state's laws will help you in making a decision as to whether or not you should agree to pay alimony 
whether or not you're a candidate to receive it, or if this is something that a court should be hearing. The laws will vary by state, but no matter where you live, the judge will have a list of specific factors to take into consideration when it comes to deciding whether spousal support is needed, as well as the amount and duration of the obligation. Cordell & Cordell divorce attorney Rebecca DeVincent explains some of the common elements family courts use when determining whether an alimony award is necessary, including the length of marriage, the employment history of both parties, the financial need for support, and more. Some states use the term spousal support, some use the term alimony, but they mean the same thing, support and maintenance for your spouse. Depending on your state, a judge may have different factors that he or she has to take into consideration when determining spousal support. When you have a case that involves spousal support, it's important that you understand the specific factors in your state so that you and your attorney can work together to support your position based on those specific factors. Some examples of factors that can be taken into consideration are first, the duration of the marriage. In some states, the duration of the marriage may mean a specific amount of time that you may be paying spousal support. In other states, sometimes it means the longer your marriage, the longer you may pay, be paying spousal support or your support might even be for an indefinite amount of time subject to modification. A second factor is each party's income and their earning capacity. This factor can include your spouse's education, their earning capacity, their employment history. A common issue for this factor is, is your spouse voluntarily unemployed or voluntarily underemployed? If that's the case, then you might need a vocational expert that can evaluate your spouse's work history, education, income history, and you could potentially impute income to your underemployed or unemployed spouse. Another factor is your spouse's need for support versus your ability to pay support. This is looking at your spouse's income and expenses, their need for support, versus your income and expenses, your ability to pay support. Another issue that comes into play for this factor is, do you have young children? Is there something about your family that requires one spouse to stay home and take care of that children, take care of the children that might increase that spouse's need for support? Lastly, a common factor for spousal support is any decisions that you and your spouse made about careers during your marriage. For example, did you and your spouse have an agreement that you would stay home and take care of your children while the other one was working? If so, that's something the judge can take into to determination when deciding spousal support or alimony. Generally, spousal support is going to be decided on a case-by-case -case basis, and every state is going to have slightly different factors. So it's important you talk to an attorney to determine what evidence you need to present your case. Paying alimony is already enough of a burden, there are additional legal problems that can arise with the IRS when it comes to the tax status of your payments under certain circumstances. DazDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with Pennsylvania divorce attorney Jamie Sparrow about the often misunderstood alimony recapture rule, which can result in owing taxes on payments that you initially thought were tax deductible. As if paying alimony weren't bothersome already, 
Imagine receiving an unfriendly letter from the IRS forcing you into an audit and assessing taxes for three years of income that you had previously deducted. That's exactly what can happen under the often misunderstood and rarely discussed trap known as the alimony recapture rule. Cordell and Cordell family law attorney Jamie Sparrow explains that this rule is triggered whenever your alimony payments decrease or if they end within the first three calendar years after you begin paying alimony. But there are certain exceptions. This three-year period starts with the first calendar year in which you make an alimony payment. And now there's an exception to this rule. So temporary support payments that are paid, for example, spousal maintenance, spousal support, um, alimony pendente leap date, those types of payments do not count in terms of the alimony recapture rule. It has to be an actual alimony payment. The rule specifically applies if the total payments made in the third year are $15,000 or more less than payments made in the second year, or if the payments made in the second and third years are substantially less than payments made in the first year. As Sparrow notes, this is not a situation you want to find yourself in. It's a bad thing because the biggest benefit to payment of alimony is the ability to deduct that on your income taxes and reduce your overall tax liability. If you're subject to the recapture rule, you lose that benefit and you're essentially paying income tax on money that you don't have available to meet your own expenses or support yourself. To avoid the alimony recapture rule, Sparrow recommends letting your attorney know that this is a concern so that they can consult with either your tax accountant or CPA and work on coming up with a settlement so that the recapture rule is avoided. You can also avoid front-loading your alimony payments, increasing your payments over time rather than decreasing, or extending the number of years in which you pay alimony. When an alimony obligation is set against you, it can be difficult to feel financially secure when a portion of your monthly income is immediately given to your ex for years after your divorce was finalized. However, there are often stipulations that will allow you to lower or even end your support payments early. Cordell & Cordell divorce attorney Jamie Sparrow explains some of the factors that may allow you to modify or terminate alimony, such as a reduced income or your ex cohabiting with a new romantic partner. Depending on your state, a judge may have different factors that he or she has to take into consideration when determining spousal support. When you have a case that involves spousal support, it's important that you understand the specific factors in your state so that you and your attorney can work together to support your position based on those specific factors. Some examples of factors that can be taken into consideration are first, the duration of the marriage. In some states, the duration of the marriage may mean a specific amount of time that you may be paying spousal support. In other states, sometimes it means the longer your marriage, the longer you may pay, be paying spousal support, or your support might even be for an indefinite amount of time subject to modification. A second factor is each party's income and their earning capacity. This factor can include your spouse's education, their earning capacity, their employment history. A common issue for this factor is, is your spouse voluntarily unemployed or voluntarily underemployed? If that's the case, then you might need a vocational expert that can evaluate your spouse's work history, education, income history, and you could potentially impute income to your underemployed or unemployed spouse. 
Another factor is your spouse's need for support versus your ability to pay support. This is looking at your spouse's income and expenses, their need for support, versus your income and expenses, your ability to pay support. Another issue that comes into play for this factor is, do you have young children? Is there something about your family that requires one spouse to stay home and take care of that children, take care of the children that might increase that spouse's need for support? Lastly, a common factor for spousal support is any decisions that you and your spouse made about careers during your marriage. For example, did you and your spouse have an agreement that you would stay home and take care of your children while the other one was working? If so, that's something the judge can take into to determination when deciding spousal support or alimony. Generally, spousal support is going to be decided on a case-by-case -case basis. Any, every state is going to have slightly different factors, so it's important you talk to an attorney to determine what evidence you need to present your case. Alimony laws across the country have come under fire in recent years, and Florida has been at the heart of many legal battles to reform the current and outdated alimony system. DadsDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with Florida divorce attorney Lisa Cargis about the latest alimony reform bill to be vetoed by Florida Governor Rick Scott and why opponents of these measures are often misguided in their arguments against changing the current system. Alimony reform has been a hot-button political topic in Florida for a couple years now. Recently, Florida Governor Rick Scott vetoed an alimony reform bill that would have modernized the state's alimony laws. This is the second consecutive year that Scott has refused to pass the bill. Cordell & Cordell Tampa family law attorney Lisa Cargis says there are a couple key flaws with the state's current alimony statutes. We have multiple different types of alimony in Florida, um, one of which is permanent alimony, and that rewards uh, payees in marriages of long duration, typically 17 years or more. Additionally, Florida, if you've been married over 17 years, there's a presumption. If you could technically end up getting paid for more than what the length of your marriage actually was, which puts the payor at a severe disadvantage. Scott vetoed the bill because of a provision in the law that would require judges to presume that children having equal access to each parent in the event of divorce is in their best interest. It's worth noting that shared parenting has overwhelming public support and has also been shown by social science to be the best post-divorce arrangement for kids. That's all we have time for in this month's Cordell & Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast. Hopefully this gives you a general understanding of how alimony works across the country and why men need to fully comprehend how the laws and statutes regarding spousal support work in their local jurisdiction when going through a divorce. Despite the growing number of breadwinner wives, archaic laws and persisting stereotypes mean that men are still far more at risk of receiving an alimony obligation, which can be a severe financial burden for years after the divorce is finalized. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for interviews, news, tips, and more covering a range of topics facing men during divorce. You can also find a number of resources on our website at cordellcordell.com, as well as our informational sites, mensdivorce.com and dadsdivorce.com.